Here I am, Coco, an old friend, here with members from the Coco Collective community. Each week, we inspire you to get back on to Blueprint through our experiences and journey living from a higher vibration and consciousness. Because ultimately, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. This is your vibrational experience. Hi, everyone. We are feeling the right side up today. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yesterday, um, no matter when you listen to this, but in real time yesterday, I posted on my stories about resetting the grids. Mm -hmm. And wow, I feel like a million bucks today. (laughs) Yesterday, well, Alexia fell in the treatment room. Um, I got a whole bunch of DMs from people feeling like they were drunk. Mm -hmm. Scott must have said to me about 10 times, man, am I tired. I'm tired. And I was fucked. (laughs) (laughs) I was fucked later in the day for sure. I had a huge, huge session yesterday um, with somebody and I was in Portal and I was a Native American chief. Mm -hmm. And Alexia and Becca were assisting in this session, or it was actually their session, and they called me in. And afterwards, they're like, Coco, we have never heard you speak so fluent as you did in an American, Native American tongue. That was unreal. Let's re- they, they asked me probably four times we, yesterday. We to just really wanted that. her to go back into the timeline because I've never heard you speak so buttery and amazing it was like silk you guys it was beautiful and then the buffalo were roaming and 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 it was it was it was was one for the books one Mm -hmm. that we won't forget Mm -hmm. and then after that um (laughs) things started going downhill for the grids (laughs) so i really wanted to talk about the grids. scott has given me a look like what are you talking about but i really (laughs) want to talk about the grid system because it is important Mm -hmm. okay so If you look at um, your bodies, your bodies when you're in human, in human, are black, are black, and they would have black grids around them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there was this quote that I heard once that said, "The Matrix is not a movie; it's a documentary," and that is so true. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all of us, we have years and years and years of content on here from the podcast of what the journey is like to get out of human to get into light so that you can tap into the grid systems that you're meant to. Mm -hmm. Now, realistically, up until right now, the galactic grid system of Earth hasn't existed until right now. In density. In density, Mm -hmm. okay? So all of us that are doing this work, imagine now the color that they're showing me is you are a green body with white grids around it, okay? Mm -hmm. You, when you get your grid system turned on and you get connected to your grids, which a lot of people are having in session right now, you'll see it as various colors that resonate with you, but that's the imagery I'm getting right now. So yesterday, if you look at other people in the world who do grid work, they were doing all of their specific grid work for quote unquote their solar system to then connect to a galactic um, blueprint Mm -hmm. is how I would label it. Okay, so there's a galactic grid system now. It kind of looks like a nuclear plant, but in the most positive kind of yes simpsons Mm -hmm. maybe i've never seen the symptoms but Mm -hmm. simpsons but that's (laughs) um the imagery that they're showing Mm -hmm. so all the grids yesterday got reset so when i was in resetting them and i felt so fucked i don't even know how to explain it like 
you know, you guys can all look at your day specifically yesterday. I think the date was June um, 17th and how you were feeling on that day. So when I went in to reset it, it's like my heart rate dropped. I was in and all of a sudden it was just like black and literally like a shutdown of a computer system and then on. And then after that, everybody started getting fucked. I felt unreal. Scott went for a walk, but everybody else started to have their own individual flip with that. Mm -hmm. So just wanted to explain all that because it needs to be talked about because this is our world now. This is my work Mm -hmm. and I'm doing it on people, um, helping people like this is where we're at now. So it's just interesting to see about how powerful this work is and being in a, in a solar system with air supply, how I was able to reset that. And then not even within 20 minutes, you fell mm-hmm. and then you and Becca called and you were um, in the treatment room and you had your hand on her head and hers on yours. And you we guys were trying to stabilize. And then I was able to walk you guys back through the grid system. And I love this so much because I really feel like everybody in density we experience a symptom or sensation and we forget the bigger picture as to why mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it's like we we're feeling discombobulated we're feeling dizzy we're feeling drunk we're feeling all these things and it's such a gift that we have the information coming out so that we have the clarity yeah you know and it's crazy because when you're on that other grid system it is cause and effect. You can't even imagine that it's an internal job or it's something more than like, oh, I drank last night or I was up Mm -hmm. late or you go right to an external thing. Mm -hmm. But when you're on the other grid system, which is the green and the white one that I'm using for imagery purposes, everything is light. Mm -hmm. Every, there is a reason for everything. There is absolutely, actually me sitting here in real time, I don't remember the last time that it was a quote unquote external human issue. Like, do you, Scott? Like, when was the last time that we had anything before we flipped? Before we flipped? Probably three years ago. Not that I can remember. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's been all light, actually, now that I'm sitting here. Every single rash, every single thing has been, light. has been a light thing that we have flipped and we have dealt with accordingly. And it presented in density when we were the black body, but we could never get to the root Ever. of it until we were in light. Exactly. So like plant and mm-hmm. all those things, they existed in the black gridding system, but until you move over into the light, you can't treat it as light. Exactly. Take that in. You have to be in the start moving into the light gridding system. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to talk just briefly about the grid system. It is... It is is where we're moving. It's what I'm doing. And it's crazy, okay? It's crazy to see the body's reaction when I help you hook back up to your grid lines. Like, people are shook. They're wiped or they're just like, I don't even know what the fuck just went on. I remember um, I just did it to someone in Edmonton. And when she came out, she was like, for the first time in my life, I have nothing to fucking say because <laughs> just that mm-hmm. level of like cellular remembering. Mm-hmm. So here we are. We're all upside right <laughs> today. So I hope you guys are all feeling better or whatever you're listening to this, you know, grid work might be, you know, basic information by the time you find this information, but nonetheless, it's a thing. Um, but the positive note of all this before I segue is we have just set up what I would call the galactic grid system. Okay. So imagery purposes as well 
there was a black planet and then there was a white looking planet with a piping system between the two that piping system has been broken and disarmed and now there's our whole um state of being with galactic so beyond this timeline mm -hmm. support mm -hmm. okay take that as you may coding it into you guys but you need to hear it so here we are today's episode is kind of a mishmash about a whole bunch of things um, but one of the big, big, big things that we really want to talk about starting right off the hop is embodiment mm -hmm. and the missing piece that seems to skyrocket um, and stall mm -hmm. everyone. Mm -hmm. Okay. So embodiment is that missing piece when you start all this work and a lot of people on their blueprint have to do a lot of external work. Mm -hmm. Okay. They've got to clean out. They've got to just wake up from that black body, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, holy shit, I didn't realize this and this and this. Then the flip happens where we, we do in our world wound work mm -hmm. to then create the embodiment piece. So I really, really want to start this whole segue. Um, you have a really good um, like segue with this where it's like everybody wants to say they understand it, mm -hmm. but then they're not actioning it. Like they have the awareness of the, they know the experience, mm -hmm. they create the awareness, but they don't do the choice. So yeah. I feel like Skylar over here and you can talk about the whole things about why people aren't embodying it, mm -hmm. what that feels like and what the fuck that's doing on your ascension. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just want to take this back. Let's take this back like a few years when you first stepped into, you know, this work we've always started off with like embodying it be like be a certain way around your family mm -hmm. you know be who you are be that um lighthouse light tower in the dark so that way people can see you because you stepping into your light you know allows other people to step into into their light have you are you still doing that mm -hmm. because there is such a fine line between like between just like i'm comfortable with who i am and like, I don't need to argue about anything because this is like just my belief. This is what I think and feel mm -hmm. versus like that activism where like, no, no, no. Like it's so good for you. It'll change your life. We are trying to convince people to do the work when, or you're trying to argue with people about how the work is done. Yes. Like there's that fine step. But did you actually do that in the beginning? Mm -hmm. Did you tell people, Hey, like this is, I just don't want to do, I just don't want to talk about it. Like this is what I believe. And we're good. Mm -hmm. And that's easy to do when it was, it was around very controversial topics such as like um, quarantine and COVID and stuff like that. Um, vaccine but even passports. then people had such a hard time. With it. it was black or white. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very much had to be black or white. So you kind of maybe kept more to yourself about that opinion of yours. So you hit mm -hmm. and you use the language of, well, I'm just not being activism about it. I'm just... Not saying anything. I'm not getting involved. I'm not getting involved. Mm -hmm. But that also has to be very a fine line of like hiding. Mm -hmm. Like just very much being like standing and being okay with like who you are and being able to voice it and not being concerned about the reaction you get back. Mm -hmm. And there's also a fine line between like voicing your opinion and fighting for yourself to be right. Mm -hmm. Because inherently if you're fighting for yourself to be right, you're concerned that you might actually be wrong. Mm -hmm. Which is why people tend to be so passionate about it because they're clinging to those beliefs. Mm -hmm. And that's not embodiment. <clears throat> and that's not embodiment. Mm -hmm. Because light work is very easy, which is why it's so fucking complicated. I love the fact that it's simple. Because simple is hard. 
way more complicated shit is, that's when it's fucking easier. Mm-hmm. Well, and the biggest thing about what you're saying that kind of has the overarching energy of all it is people's wounds. Mm-hmm. So the reason why people are like, oh, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to say anything is like you said, it's a fine line between um, being solid in yourself and then bypassing. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge thing. And, and I called you out on it last year before, you know, your, you cut your parents out of your life and didn't really have that relationship with them anymore. I was noticing him earlier last year. Um, he would talk to them on FaceTime and then all of a sudden he would just go right into the conversation with them about everything. Mm-hmm. And then when he got off, I called him out finally once. I said, I've witnessed you now for months. Get on that once a month phone call with your parents and all of a sudden you're talking about all the fucking things. But yet in our state of being, we don't ever talk about that. You don't ever engage in that. Yes, because of who he is and what he's here for, to do with New Earth, he mm-hmm. might take in more information to understand, you know, the old world. Mm-hmm. But he's then going and dipping his frequency to talk to them. And then once I pointed that out to him, he was like, you're right. I need to change that. Well, essentially, I was, yeah. Coddling it. from well, and dim, I was dimming my light so I could have a conversation exactly. for them. Mm-hmm. Because at that point in time, I wasn't ready to exactly. just walk away from that relationship. Exactly. And there's a change of who you are depending on who you're around. Mm-hmm. And that, that's... Well, that's, that's that duality mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. are with... If you behave and act a certain way around a certain friend and then around a different group of friends, you behave and act a different way. Mm-hmm. That's not everyone is seeing a different version of you. Mm -hmm. The whole point of this work is to have there just be a one unified version of you across all spectrums. So no matter who you're with or where you are, you are exactly who you are. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's embodiment. And I must, before I hand it over to Alexia, I must say that once you saw that, accepted that, and then you had them in person, Mm -hmm. you were able to have those hard conversations and say your truth and be you. And you haven't seen or talked to them since because then that was the embodiment piece that, you know, me and Alexia being beside you can really say that was pivotal. Mm -hmm. And I want to use him as an example because so many people that are struggling with this embodiment piece, Scott is a prime example of what happened when he finally got out of his dimming his light and his wounds and really was like, no, this is, I see it clearly and this is correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to overarch all of that, it, I really feel like the root of why we operate that way we do is because when we're coming up and out of human, we have an understanding of what that is supposed to feel like. Yes. Right. Or we get information around our wounds that develop a deeper understanding of how we've been operating and all of these different things. But what happens is people get stuck in the understanding. Mm -hmm. Okay. They, they can see it, they can grasp it, they can understand it, but the missing piece to embodiment is applying it to your life and taking that action Mm -hmm. so it's like okay you're aware that having conversations with your parents you notice that you know maybe you coddle their wounds and you change around the conversation or whatever that would look like but the embodiment piece is doing the opposite of what you would always do and allowing your light to shine through which is not wavering in how you feel and who you are yeah and honestly it's uncomfortable it is it's super uncomfortable and I think all three of us sitting here right now have a plethora of examples Mm -hmm. of where we have done that even 
recently this year, I know with your mom uh, passing away and the funerals and all the shenanigans with that. Even the other day, I had a conversation with my mom about the same old hot topic about this wedding that's coming up. And I finally just said, all I ever hear about is what I'm not doing Mm -hmm. versus the greatness and the good that I am doing. And afterwards, you had said to me, you heard bits and pieces of it. And you're like, wow, that was one of the best conversations that you've ever had with her because you were so solid in who you were and owning it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, afterwards, I talked to both of you. I was like, wow, that stung the wound a bit there. Mm -hmm. But enough is enough of I walk the walk, I live live this, Mm -hmm. right? And that's what people want to avoid is they can sit here and here's the thing is exactly like you said they can understand it so that's the experience around it okay or how would you word this i want you to word that. yeah so so you can understand it so you have the awareness of the awareness of how you need to be showing up in the situation yes then you can see the experience of what it would be like if you showed up not from wounds yes but then the missing piece is the action yes take that in we need to repeat that because that is the meat and bones of what embodiment means mm-hmm. is you, you you have the awareness of how you need to be at or showing up differently or, or presenting mm-hmm. yourself differently or being you know solid in that choice you have the awareness of where that is you know the experience of what that can look like but then the action piece is missing so then you never fully come to the feeling yes you never come to the feeling and then that's where the spin takes place. Yes. And that's where the the diagnosing takes place mm-hmm. and telling yourself you're somewhere you're not in the gray really happens mm-hmm. in that area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's just, I mean, I always feel like that as great as that statement is, it seems still seem probably very vague to people. So let's see if we can't give them a better, if I can't come up with a better example yes. for them. Let's say you've been told you need to wear a red shirt, right? You go, okay, I know. I can picture myself in a red shirt. You know, I, I can picture that. I, I can see, yeah, that probably would look good on me, you know, with my skin tone or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So you right there are kind of self-diagnosing. You haven't gone out and bought the red shirt yet because you, once you actually put that red shirt on and see yourself in that red shirt, it's going to be a completely yeah. different feeling mm-hmm than what you're thinking before you bought that red shirt. Mm -hmm. So whatever layer you're supposed to be working on or doing, what action you're supposed to be taking, you can think all Mm -hmm. you want to some sort of logical conclusion of Mm -hmm. how that is going to Mm -hmm. feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. From past experiences. Well, even from past experiences or just from like Mm -hmm. logical, logical, intelligent thought. You can come up with that. But until you actually put in the action and put on the red shirt and and pass through that door, put on that quote unquote red shirt, Mm -hmm. you don't know because that is a new feeling, something you don't understand yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I just want to say this quote that my grandma used to always say to me when I was very, very young and we would go shopping all the time and she would show me like a shirt or something on the hanger and I'd be like, Mm -hmm. ew. And she goes, don't ever say that until you've tried it on because the way it looks on the hanger and the way it feels when you put it on is so different. She used to always say that to me and that was like my baseline. Mm -hmm. So whenever I got, was in my fashion life, I was like, don't fucking judge the shirt on the fucking hanger from what Scott just said from Mm -hmm. thinking because we can always create it. It's that embodiment piece Mm -hmm. when that goes onto the skin, which I, we have a whole story to talk about that with Yeah. Well, I feel like we can always 
from thinking, find the understanding. Yes. Always. Because we can grasp at any potentiality and make it feel true for us. But I feel like another example we can give with everyone in this, this pattern is wounds. Yes. Right? So it's like, okay, you are getting solid at work by speaking your truth and choosing your light and facing your wounds. So you have the understanding that when you go to work, you don't waver. You leave the conversations that you don't want to engage in. You're solid in who you are. Maybe you talk about your work, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. That that you and Coco have worked on together. So then you you know the experience. You have the awareness of what that experience is going to look and feel like when you face your wounds, but the missing pieces, you don't actually do that, mm-hmm. right? You show up to work and then you maybe just listen to the conversations Mm -hmm. or you maybe just sit there and you don't say anything or you hide, you put yourself in the spiritual closet, you hide this work and you hide that part of yourself depending on the coworker that's around you. Mm -hmm. Or the family member, exactly, whatever the example will be. And I've had a lot of discussions about pe- with people about this in the last few months is then the understanding of our air supply yeah. and how we control the air supply. And mm-hmm. I'm just like dying laughing because yesterday we're going to get groceries and Scott's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but everywhere I go walking run now, everybody's stopping to talk to me and I'm like, yeah, okay, well, <laughs> hello, your air, air supply, supply. <laughs> everywhere you're going, we're in the new, mm-hmm. but what a big piece that people, you know, really miss out on is the fact that they don't realize. Here's the thing. People think that as soon as they have to go out into the game to provide for their light, they become victim to that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, somebody in the community had to go live back with their family. They could easily become victim to that. Okay. All the things that you could become victim to versus turning it into a positive and a growth and an expansion experience. Well, and knowing you set that out for yourself on your blueprint to uncover more that yes. you need to see mm-hmm. and that you need to feel inside of yourself. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like it's easy for people in those circumstances too to then just go human, full human. Yeah, and become victim to it. Exactly. Like we were talking about this this morning at our coffee about how when Scott went out and worked in that world for, for the year, it was a daily work for him and I every single day. When I dropped him off, I would have that pit in my stomach. I would start crying or he would have an experience where he'd be like, this is just temporary. Like I'm here for my self-worth. I'm here to do all these things. Mm-hmm. We really work worked on the embodiment piece of like flipping the switch within our own work well maybe let's go a little bit like deeper into that because yeah, i feel like that do. can that can really help people understand like what we're talking about yes so after we had like shut down the companies um yeah i did i took a job i sent out probably fucking 50, 50 75 fucking resumes mm-hmm. Got you know job. i i was what was my past experience i was a supervisor on in the oil field I had H and R, sorry, safety. I had driven equipment. I had worked at a company, you know, back in mm-hmm. doing all that, all that sort of stuff. Customer service emails, like all the shit that I had done, had put on the resume. I had my brother who works in management for a company go over my resume, so it looked good. So it wasn't just like a shitty resume. So he'd edit it. I got one response essentially for fucking picking up garbage. We're sorting through people's garbage. Which is crazy to look at now because that's exactly, and nothing else would have happened but that. Yeah. Because so he had to go to the lowest I was of the low. So how you felt about yourself. That's how I felt about myself. I was yeah. fucking just tired. Mm-hmm. But I only work one way regardless of where I'm at, which is balls to the walls. Yeah. Part of the language is head down, ass up, and I just fucking go all day. Mm-hmm. So I took the job. I think it was paying me. 
Shit. Let's just say shit, shit. money. Yeah. Shit money. Yeah. But I'd show up there every single day, you know, like fucking hating my life because who wants to sort through people's garbage <laughs> for recycling? <laughs> it's not a fun job, but it was interesting and it was eye-opening for other different things. Mm-hmm. One, the amount of human waste mm-hmm. that we see. The shit that people just fucking throw away. The things are like, well, you know, this still works, but I got a better deal on this other TV, so I'm getting rid of this one. So why the fuck did you buy another TV just because it was a good deal? Well, and like just that to, sort of thing. Just to stop you, just knowing what, who you are in the new, mm-hmm. it's laughable now that that's mm-hmm. where you ended up because mm-hmm. the bigger picture was unfolding even then. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just want to add in a quote there before you continue on is so many people quite frankly, majority of people don't want to do short-term pain for long-term growth. Mm -hmm. And that is what the battery doctor was for you is you were short-term pain for long-term growth in that moment. It's now going to change humanity because you spent that one fucking year there, but people get so caught up in the current reality instead of the pulling back to the bigger picture. So a few things happen and I just got to Sorry, they're talking a mile a minute to me. You you dealt with your self worth. Well, yeah, that's what we're gonna we're yes. gonna cover all that. But and you provided for the light, mm-hmm. and it was the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so there was, there was so many things going on at one time. I yes. was noticing a bunch of different things, especially about people work, like just the things that I would pick up in a day talking to people, and even just randomly fucking talking to people mm-hmm. and hearing their conversation. And they'd ask questions, and you'd ask them questions, and the conversations that I had. Mm-hmm. We've actually met a couple of people from the They're, community. Yeah, from, Dirk and Rebecca in the parking mm-hmm. lot. In the fucking parking lot of this yeah. place that are there now because of conversations. Mm-hmm. And that was because I just owned who I was. I yes. never pushed my agenda, but I would just ask questions and then I would just respond without filtering myself. Yeah, I remember the day I have to go into it. And this is a great example for people because this is that embodiment piece i'm picking up scott at work at 4 30 and i'm parked over in the car the windows are rolled down it's a hot day and i can see him helping now we know is rebecca and all of a sudden he's like yeah and you know we have this um uh was it the i don't even think the podcast had started yeah the yeah, podcast we, we, had started we had just started the podcast we had started the podcast she was talking and then all, yeah and then she was all, talking about doing a podcast yeah and then all of a sudden i was like what my head's gawking and i'm like never in a million did i think at garbage recycling <laughs> that here's scott in the parking lot talking about who we are mm-hmm. but that is a prime example he wasn't shouting it from the rooftops but when his body told him or he got a nudge mm-hmm. in that moment he had that conversation and now rebecca is a huge part of our work and what we're doing and it came up organically because yeah. you listened came, to yourself exactly it, exactly yeah. it came up organically yes. so that whole entire year there I was working my, I was working probably five person's fucking jobs. Yes. <laughs> like literally, if you come in there, I was doing the, the hazardous waste recycling. I was selling batteries. I was doing recycling and I was painting the whole entire fucking warehouse at the same time. God, I love the scenic <laughs> Right? Because that's how I worked. Because yes. I hated being there for one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So if I kept myself busy, I didn't really have to worry about it. I could get through my day. Mm-hmm. But really what that showed me was how much more I'm actually worth. Yes. Mm-hmm. So then I started asking for like wage increases. Mm-hmm. And pinging the shit out of yourself doing Oh, it. every mm-hmm. single time I had to go up there and be like, this is fucking bullshit. Like, what, <laughs> the, what the fuck? Pay me more. Okay, so ping, we're going to... Ping, 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 So yes. we're going to move you over to salary then because, you know, we're going to create you like a supervisor position. You'll be like, whatever. Mm-hmm. You'll be like bottom four out of the company. I'm like, okay, fantastic. So then once I actually got the salary position, I'm breaking it down. It's like, oh, now he wants me to work 
more hours than I was before. So then I actually sat down and figured out I was actually making less money now than I was before as salary. Yes. So I had to go back to him again. Ping, 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 ping. Oh, yeah, especially after just asking for it. He'd be like, what the fuck is going on? He's like, well, we'll see about it. But all things you had never done in all contrast. Th- all things I never yeah. had the opportunity. And experiences yes. you needed. Yeah, yes. Because I never had the opportunity. It was mm-hmm. This is just like this this position, especially in the oil field, just gets paid this amount. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how fucking good you are or how shitty you are. If you're, yes. this is your role, this is what you get paid. Mm-hmm. So I never had the opportunity to actually ask for a raise. And then towards the end, it really started to show you how, you know, you were so tired and your quality of life, okay, mm-hmm. as a light being really started to go like mm-hmm. this. And then <clears throat> that really was showing the embodiment piece and the time well served. Yes. Right? So, yeah. So after all this, ask, I think I'd asked for a raise three times. I think I'd gotten three raises when I actually said, you know what, like, I'm just, fu- I'm fucking done. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really just going nowhere. Cause I even told my boss, I said, I don't want the two people's above me's job. I want yours. This is what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. You could give me your job and I would fucking do it. So you could go home and see your wife and kids. Cause he was putting in 12, 14 hour days at the time. I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like I'll take your responsibility. But he said, well, no, that's not really what I'm looking for. So I said, okay, two weeks, I'm done. And then I started talking to people cause I never told anyone when I was quitting anyways. Cause I'm like, fuck, it doesn't matter. Once the word actually got out that I was quitting, after three raises, I was still the lowest fucking paid person there. Mm-hmm. So I was still doing the jobs of five people and I was still the lowest paid person there. I'm like, this is why I'm fucking quitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what did, in this beautiful scenic story, <laughs> <laughs> are we still there? God, in this beautiful so. scenic route story, what did this show us and what is this showing everybody? No, like know your worth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Face your wounds. Face your wounds. Embody who the fuck you but are. Not, yes. Does, but even facing your wounds doesn't necessarily have to be anything aggressive. It's yeah. not dramatic. It's not. It's dramatic. not dramatic. Yes. You just show up as what you're aware of. Mm-hmm. Because as we for as we need to remember, we are the main character in our story. Yes. But everyone else has their own story they're telling. Mm-hmm. They're all sub characters. Mm-hmm. You're doing things for you. Mm-hmm. And the bigger picture. That's yes. why when I in injected earlier and I put that in there I said unknowing to you and me at the time that was a bigger humanity picture and I remember saying to you so many times because I would listen to your quote-unquote stories at the end of the day about the waste and everything and I'm like this is playing a role in what we're creating in the new and I was basic even two years ago Mm -hmm. you know now I'm like wow it's crazy Mm -hmm. where we're led on our blueprint but when we're not embodying it and we're victim to it we don't trust that we don't trust that Mm -hmm. and I brought Becca into a session yesterday to help somebody with this understanding and she you know worked at a clothing store and she went through this last fall she was so fucking beat to me to me about it and she's like I think my time is done I was like no it isn't Mm -hmm. I'm like use the air supply get solid in you trust yourself and what she really embodied and showed is well she provided for her light and she fucking got into purpose because she stopped letting go of the fucking checklist and the stigmas of what it means that people are now creating to be a light and and she took action and she took action and she's Mm -hmm. like I controlled the entire freaking air supply there well mm-hmm. that's just exactly it when you are a light being and you're just embodying who you are you affect everyone around exactly. you exactly so if you're if you're at work and you notice you're in a great mood and you're just bopping around you're a blopping boo barely <laughs> and you're just kind of like and everyone else is kind of in the same vibe as you 
pay attention to that next time when you come there and you're a little bit down, a little bit depressed, you don't feel like talking to anyone. Mm-hmm. Notice how no one else is talking to anyone either. And all of a sudden the whole entire atmosphere and culture mm-hmm. around your workplace has shifted and changed mm-hmm. again. But then if you are kind of bring that up, that awareness up, switch yourself over mm-hmm. and go back to being like, just like that bop and blueberry and being happy and joyful and watch how everything shifts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cause you are on the grid line. Yeah. And, and what's coming to me in real time is I feel like every one of us can look back at any contrast mm-hmm. experience we've had because we're lights. We did have that impact without mm-hmm. knowing. Yeah. We didn't have the language and we didn't have the mm-hmm. awareness, mm-hmm. but now all of you that are put into positions where you might have to go out into the game to provide for yourself, get the fuck out of victim mm-hmm. because the second you you keep yourself in victim, you're all of a sudden tapping into those human grids. Mm -hmm. You're shutting yourself off. If you have to go live with your fucking parents and you're sitting across from them and they're talking all this human stuff, that's a prime opportunity for you to be solid in your light. Like the biggest thing is what fucking planet in what world does everyone think that all of the sudden you get integrated, you get into purpose, you get stabilized in the light and you don't fucking have to deal with any of or this. do anything or do anything like that's a huge fucking misconception. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we're stabilized us three sitting here. Our feet are solidly cemented in the new, but every single fucking day we make choices to live from our light. I have watched your phone ring off the hook from mm-hmm. family members for weeks now mm-hmm. and you haven't answered it. You're no. like, no, thank you. Not having that conversation, not doing that. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking conscious choice every single day to live from our light and spread that out versus being a fucking victim to it. And when you're not a victim to it, wow, does things get easier. Mm-hmm. I want to use someone as Rebecca as a baseline right now. She's in a new job. She's out, you know, I've never fucking heard one ounce of fucking victim or complaints or complaining. All I've heard is all the fucking free shit and all the alignment and everything that's happening for her mm-hmm. because she is an example of someone who was in the fucking V to me wagon for all last year. And if she was on the podcast right now, she would openly talk about it to now embodiment mm-hmm. embodiment. And I could give so many examples of people who are starting to click with this because it doesn't have to be hard. And when you embody it, you're right away in the green and the white grids and like scott said it alters the entire air supply Mm -hmm. it just does everything that is happening is happening for you Mm -hmm. is that old saying it's an opportunity to learn Mm -hmm. and which is why we tackle things in singular layers Mm -hmm. you're not dealing with like three or four different five twelve dozen different fucking things it's one layer at a time so it's not overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a chance to fully process and understand everything that you're going through. Mm-hmm. So it really allows you. So if you are moving back in with your parents, if you are going to work, those are great places to fucking learn. Yes. And experience exactly. what you need to. It's that flip the script energy that I was talking about. It is. Because mm-hmm. when I was at Bachelor Doctors, I learned mm-hmm. so fucking much. Mm-hmm. I used to sit there with a fucking pad a paper and write shit down mm-hmm. or take notes on my phone of things that I had fucking like downloads mm-hmm. that I had got mm-hmm. that 
have helped us get to where we are now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. The conversations mm-hmm. we had after yes. work or and before still work. are, clearly, yes. on the podcast mm-hmm. here. You know, the impact still affects yeah. you now. It's still yeah. there because I had the awareness when I was in the middle of it mm-hmm. of what was going on. And here's the thing that's coming to me, and this is what everybody needs to hear about, um, about going back into the game, living with family, whatever the case may be, is you will never be led somewhere that you're not supposed to be. And I want everybody to hear that because it makes me emotional. And, you know, I just use Rebecca as an example. Like she had the most fucked journey to get to where she is right now. But she got exactly where she needed to be because she was led to. And watching her, she listened, you know, and all those things led her back to exactly where you need to be. You know, we had somebody at Maya. I had Maya who had a huge journey where she thought keyword thought she had to work and now she has left work left the workforce to solidly birth out her purpose and again she was not led anywhere that she needed to be she had to go through those jobs she had to have that experience like scott said she had to realize it to the last month sitting across from me in the sessions with you being like what the fuck mm-hmm. i didn't see it until i did mm-hmm. you know so that is where I want to really, really hit, hit that home with everybody yeah. and give it over to you. You have a great quote yes. you want to say. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Coco has it written down. And you have, from, a, lot, you have, have a, a lot to, to say. say. Yeah. From one of the greats sitting at the table here is a good person isn't who always does the right thing, mm-hmm. but a good person... <laughs> Sorry, I feel like this. I feel like this got miscombobulated. Changes after doing a wrong. A good person isn't who always does the right thing, but a person who changes after doing the wrong thing. Yes. And I feel like I want to talk about my layer that I've been. Yes. That I've been in really just faced with, and the the awareness and the clarity and all the things. Are you going to take us on a journey? You know, I'm going to try and keep it less scenic, (laughs) (laughs) but a journey nonetheless. And before you start, I just want to preface this for everybody, okay? Is this is also what we're going to talk about after, but I want to give this language before you start. Mm -hmm. Is everybody Mm -hmm. has such a fucking checklist with light. Yes. Everybody has this stigma around light. Everybody is scared of making a wrong choice, being a perfectionist, which we now call the perfectionist wound and all this, okay? Mm -hmm. I love what Alexia is about to share (laughs) because Alexia came in March of last year and she did exactly what was asked of her, which was serve, okay? And I needed the help, the the we needed the help. We had to serve, we had to do plant, we had to help people, we had to do all that, okay? So from the outside looking in, I know the idolization and the fucking must be nice and the narrations that people have had about Alexia because they only see her in session. For 30 minutes. Yes, or they only see her, you know, in mine and Scott's world working alongside us, okay? Mm -hmm. But in the last month, she has been a hot mess going through her um, layers and I think it's phenomenal because it breaks that fucking illusion that everybody has about what it means to be stabilized in light Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. and the mic is yours thank you um okay so the biggest thing is we uncovered what we call now a perfectionist wound so my entire life 
unknown to me until we got to this point, um, this wound was running the show. This wound was basically telling me all of the shoulds needs to have this box that I needed to live in, this perfect fake controlled world that I created for myself. Um, and yeah, I mean, okay, so, would... so what does that look like? Yeah. Okay. So, um, th- everything had to be a certain way. So for let's just let's just let's just make a little bit more scenic here for yeah. everyone else. Okay. So they get a full understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scott's gonna bang her here. No, <laughs> probably. <laughs> we go. had uh, I don't think it was an expensive coffee maker, but like an espresso maker, mm-hmm. right? So you make the espresso, put the coffee thing in there. She would literally <laughs> disassemble the whole entire fucking thing after each cup, wipe everything down, and put it back together. <laughs> That's, she, yeah, that's a baseline of how she's acting. And yeah. if, if she cooked on the stove, the whole entire stove got fucking tore apart, wiped down, and put back together before she ate every single time. Okay. Now, if you stayed at her house or walked into her house, granted, externally, it was beautiful, but you would, like, sit <laughs> on the couch with your legs together and your fucking hands folded and you're like... Holy shit, don't fucking fart. Don't fucking put a crumb on the floor as she's cleaning around you. Like, I'm surprised Ooh. she didn't have plastic on her couch. You know, we were, like, we were probably like great hand fives. Great hand fives. Like, literally, literally. So, this just fucking rocked me. It rocked, ripped me wide open. Ripped her it wide ripped open. me wide open. So and is, it, an actionable was to leave her bed unmade and put her fucking makeup toiletries out on you her guys, counter. First day, I was like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> ah, this is hard this is hard and it yes. was and hard's the wrong word but it was so uncomfortable, uncomfortable. and and it was so so uncomfortable because I can't remember a time where I didn't wake up and make my bed and I didn't make coffee then clean it up right away or cook a meal and then right away have to do the dishes before I ate there were so many ingrained patterns I had no idea I was even doing yeah and and me and Scott being around her so much we were able to call her out on so much one of the big ones um was the food yeah is so Alexia you know really created arrogance Mm -hmm. and um perfectionist around food so for example i love uh, eggs benny so she hates hollandaise sauce or previously did okay yeah and she would every single time i can't even tell you guys a time up until recently when i would eat my eggs benny that she wouldn't make a comment about it Mm -hmm. she doesn't like regular milk i love regular milk in my flat white every single time me and scott would order our drinks she would make a comment about Mm -hmm. it and it was a dissing negative comment okay another Oh, yes. Well, and just like another example would be, you know, she had to sit in the front seat of the car because she gets car sick, but the arrogance around it and the control mm-hmm. around it was to never even ask or look around other people. Now, let me preface. She's a beautiful light. She has a kind everything. Nobody's saying that, but people's layers are hidden until they can accept mm-hmm. them and hers just fucking vomited out. Mm-hmm. So these are just some like open examples Mm -hmm. of the control layer that really 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 happened because of um how you were raised by your mom yeah and and I want to preface that my entire life was an absolute mess I had Mm -hmm. no stability I had no sense of control her mom's an addict my mom yeah is an Mm -hmm. addict my dad was we were split apart I I all I wanted my entire life was stability yes okay I just wanted a stable ground that I could come back onto all the things so what's so amazing to me is I didn't even know I was doing this or making these comments yes. but Coco was that light who was so solid in what she liked that then pinged my wound that made me have to make a comment to feel better about where I was at and the mm-hmm. mess that I was mm-hmm. and it's just amazing like mm-hmm. it, it, it's amazing but the biggest thing is I've been writing a lot about this and having a lot of clarity around 
why I've been this way and, and just all the patterns, all the things, all the boxes that I put myself in and just everything. Um, but the biggest thing is that I want to share this with you. So this perfectionist wound for me showed up on the masculine side. So it was triggered just by male presence in my life. Basically yes, just, male, yeah, 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 male, male energy. energy okay. Yeah. So what would happen is my wound would tell me that the male energy gives all the fucks about me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And cares about me and all the things. Um, when they actually give none, it was me that gave all the fucks and it was the projection of the rejection that I had around myself. Mm -hmm. So the root of this wound is me rejecting myself 24 seven. Hence why, you know, there was that arrogant sense. Mm -hmm. Hence why there was that overcompensation of saying what I did like or what I didn't like, Mm -hmm. because inherently I saw myself as a breadcrumb. Mm -hmm. So if I, I, if I like, oat milk and that resonates with me I inherently didn't believe that it was okay for me to like oat milk so I would disc cow milk exactly. to overcompensate for what I deserve and what is in alignment with me mm-hmm. so another example is we have these beautiful peonies sitting in front of us right now and so Alexia's never bought herself flowers ever until these peonies <laughs> came into um, the Airbnb mm-hmm. so if somebody was ever sale male energy was bought her flowers she would have been like oh you know you have to buy me flowers that's a level of da 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 whatever mm-hmm. then she would get the flowers and then diss the flowers because i didn't feel worthy of receiving them exactly. because i had never given them to myself exactly so i feel like this wound has just mm-hmm. it's rocked me and showed me so much because the biggest thing and the reason you know why it presented itself is I forgot where I came from Mm -hmm. and I forgot the journey that got me here to now. Mm -hmm. And, and what happened with that is, yeah, there was a sense of arrogance that was developed and there was a projection of that, that bled out into everything and, and bled out into everywhere. Mm -hmm. And what's so amazing about this is now I'm on the journey of loving myself truly, like Mm -hmm. getting myself out of breadcrumb, not rejecting myself and seeing what I deserve. So it's amazing. Now I, I have this account that I'm sharing things on that, really just light me up where I look at my hair and I'm like, God, it looks unreal because I can afford to use great products. Mm -hmm. And I took that for granted or buying the flowers and, and appreciating that I'm actually doing that for myself because I actually fucking deserve it. Yeah. And one of the big things as, um, her mentor, and it, this is a good thing to share with everybody is you're seeing it on my social media right now about the joy, the joy. And when I first put the joy out there, I just put pictures and then I was like, no, I got to describe why this is bringing me joy because right away people go to thinking and being like, I need to buy flowers. I need to do this. It's not an external thing. It's an eternal thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I really tried to bring this up to her last year, but of course we weren't where we are now today and she wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And even her coming from breadcrumb, forgetting who she was, then remembering who she was, being able to provide herself in a beautiful downtown Kelowna, you know, condo, being able to have great experiences, all that. She just couldn't see it. And it just became a light checklist mm-hmm. of to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like just blasting her with all the things she didn't see over the last year. And she's just fucking rocked and sick and disturbed which it doesn't matter, but that sick and that disturbedness comes back to that perfectionist wound where people now have this light checklist that mm-hmm. I want to talk about mm-hmm. where they're terrified to do something wrong. Yeah. And you really, really had that when we first started this layer, mm-hmm. but now you're like, who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. This has changed my life. And also the language changed from, I can't believe I did to in what world would I? Yes. 
right? Like it's it's but yeah, the mm-hmm. light the light checklist has been all consuming, I feel like. Yes. Where it's like you have to go through your layers in a certain way. You have to move through um, you know, the embodiment a mm-hmm. certain way. You have to have a partner who's not human. You have to have all of these certain things according to who? Well, let's just go back to something I remember you saying a few times because I know I made fun of you for it is why am I even uh, uh, I'm, uh, how the fuck did it go? <laughs> ah! Perfectionist over here. Perfectionist. Why am I even doing this work? I thought I was a light. I might as well just be fucking human if I'm just going to be an arrogant asshole. Something along those yeah. lines. When you when first, I was consumed. What, well, when oh. no, when you first came out, she you was were, really were, rocked by arrogance. You were oh, yes, yes, giving yes, her the word oh, yes, arrogance because yes, yes. Scott is the one that brought on the word arrogance. And it took us a hot minute, a week or so, to figure out the energy of what that exactly meant. Mm-hmm. And then as this blasted open, I was able to give all the examples. Mm-hmm. And that rocked you. The word oh, arrogance God. rocked that you. That made me sick to my stomach because I'm like, in what world am I sitting here having sessions with people, but I'm fucking arrogant, right? Yeah. Why but am I even doing exactly. this? Exactly. Yeah. I was like, I was like, what am I fucking doing? Like, I've been the missing the point. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how quickly and easily people can slip into that victim exactly. role. Yes. yes. But aside from your specific layer, wait, you do wonderful things yes. for the community. Yes. 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 You're still doing wonderful things exactly. for the community, and she's still like a high level of consciousness. Yes. But. A, that layer really grabbed her and rocked her, exactly. and she could have she could have exactly. become victim and and stayed in that yes. and walked away from everything that she was doing. Exactly. Instead, she kind of sat, felt into it. You started journaling. You took some time. You had you took action. You took action. Mm-hmm. You had conversations to try and better understand. Mm-hmm. You had people tell you examples of when you were kind of like being an arrogant kind of like. Superfluous fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> You're not right? wrong. <laughs> right? But you took it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You didn't say... And every time you were given an example, that would be hard. It is hard to hear. Yes. Mm-hmm. No matter who you like, are. Like, being on the receiving end a, a few times, mm-hmm. it's hard to hear when, like, you are not where you perceive yourself to be. Mm-hmm. But you could always... You always have choices of being a victim to that or mm-hmm. taking that information like, okay... I can use this and I can grow from this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's light work. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's a really good example because of where Alexia is in her purpose right now and how she might look externally to say everybody she helps. Every You could have easily been like, well, fuck, you could have closed yourself right off because mm-hmm. I have had people who have closed themselves right off, mm-hmm. who have been close to me and who have made those choices mm-hmm. because they did not and could not handle how people perceive me, hence why they're gone, mm-hmm. right? And you took that. Yeah, and I, and I want to circle back because I love what you said about the arrogance. That word fucking rocked me, but I had no choice but to sit with that and acknowledge where that was inside of myself. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel like it doesn't have to be a word. It could be a layer. It could be a choice. It could be all of those things. But it's like, is that not why we do this work? If we can't sit with the one thing, yeah. if we can't, if we can't look at it and understand it because and light is truth, it. light is mm-hmm. truth. So mm-hmm. the people around me are telling me something. I trust you guys to know that you're telling me the truth. If I can't see it in myself, well, what does that say? Well, that you're faking it. Well, exactly. Exactly. I'd be human. Exactly. And that's why I just used the example. People have left my world because Mm -hmm. they were human. Yes. And they couldn't take 
the truth. Mm -hmm. They couldn't take the acceptance of Mm -hmm. where they were and the fucking letting the bricks fall for people to see the vulnerability. Exactly. Right? And there's always a teaching tool. There's always another step on the ladder. Like you sharing this, you going through your letters or layers, sorry, changes everything moving forward Mm -hmm. and helps everybody moving forward. And that's that, you know, um, accountability piece that we always say, everyone wants to fucking be in alignment, but nobody wants to face their ego and their wounds and take the accountability. Mm -hmm. It's when they have to start taking the action that everybody fucking starts to bypass. Majority of the world right now bypasses, bypasses. Mm -hmm. People will come into this world of work and tell us till the cows come home, I want this so fucking bad. And time and time and time again, the people that then have to be given action or they don't want to accept the accountability when the layer starts to present itself, they leave. And and I feel like it's really easy to get lost in this whole journey is you with you. Yes. It's not you with your mentor. Mm-hmm. It's not you with your parents. It's not you with your partner. It's not you with your friend. It's you with you. Mm-hmm. Like that gets lost, I feel like, in the whole journey of it all. Well, yeah, and especially in our world because you have a living portal. Everyone has a living portal. It is you with you. Yeah, so (laughs) everybody is hearing you with you. So Mm -hmm. when you are getting told things from me, it's like, yeah, there's the practical density fucking examples, Mm -hmm. but then I start spewing off things that you want yourself to hear from that different version of yourself Mm -hmm. coming through. And that's what people as well don't understand. Mm -hmm. And that's why this work is so life-changing and so profound because you're so triggered by yourself. Mm -hmm. And I do think we need to take it back here. And I think I want to do it just for clarity. Yes. And just so people kind of understand when you said you could hear things from us because you trusted us, mm-hmm. that's because you had done the work. Yes. So if people are out there and you're still hanging out with your group of friends and your group of friends yes. are mm-hmm. saying things yeah. about you, mm-hmm. make sure... Well, it's not. Let's be no, honest. No, no, yeah. like this, let's just make sure that it's actually truthful and it's com- coming from someone who else is wounded. Well, yes. and, and I love right? that. Yes. Like, yeah. like that's the pause I want to take because yes. your friends are people you're supposed to be able to go to and talk to and hear things from. Mm-hmm. But lots of the times they don't say really what they want to say no, because, of their, because and, of their wounds. And if you don't feel into things, mm-hmm. you take it at face value and you get lost in that. Yes. Exactly. So exactly. I just want to make sure we have that clarity is you have to make sure that you are still solid enough in who you are yes. to hear those things and be receptive to be like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. but that doesn't really make a lot, doesn't jive with me, but I'll even sit with it if you're still talking to your friends. You're, yes. you're like that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, Alexi and I will bring you things up on your layer all the time. And at first you're like, uh, and then every single time you sit with it and then you come back and you're like, that hits, I see it, da da da, all the things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just love that so much. It also goes with my favorite quote is, don't fucking listen to people who aren't going where you're going. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to get fucking advice and validation from the same fucking wounded people that made you sick. From humans. Take that in. Well, mm-hmm. well, yeah. here, well, here's a simple example that we can use. It's even a 3D human example. Don't, if you're running your own business, don't take business advice from someone who's only ever fucking got a paycheck. paycheck. We used to yeah. say that all the time. Mm-hmm. We're because like, don't, don't talk business to a paycheck lifestyle or a pension or a fucking government fucking employee. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? They're going to fucking have a stroke talking to you mm-hmm. and then you're going to be pinged and think that everything that you're doing is wrong. Just a human example, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's so wonderful. But you sharing your layers um, 
yeah, has catalytically, you guys, I slept with Alexia last night (laughs) because Scott stepped on the pole. That would, that sounds wrong. Cult vibes. (laughs) Cult vibes. Cult vibes. No, I just got to point that out there because that's a big step for humanity. You know, walking on the moon is we had pillows between us. Um, I may have snored, but two weeks ago, that would have never, never happened. happened. Never, ever happened. <laughs> so it just shows how doing this work changes. And she's like, no big deal. Like this morning, I was like, I'll go sleep with Scott tomorrow or tonight. And she's like, no, that's fine. And I'm fucking, she recorded me snoring. <laughs> she could play it in real time. But that's one step for humanity. And that's why we do this work. Okay. Mm-hmm. So sharing that, everyone has their fucking layers. Just because you're cemented in the stability of the light, it just means that you can move through them faster, mm-hmm. is what I would say about you now. Mm-hmm. Is your, your, my favorite line that I've been really using a lot with people is you're handling it with grace versus handling it as a fucking puddle, mm-hmm. right? And that's a big pillar that I say to everybody. It's like, look at how I handle everything with grace. That's what living as a light is, mm-hmm. right? And I love Scott's line. You can tell you've done the work. So let's just, I think we should probably maybe wrap up with one more thing here because I know I've got this good thing that we want to talk okay. about is when we, the failure is still such a bad thing for people. But we've kind of accepted the fact that we're going to fail and we seem to be okay with that. I think that's where people get stuck. Mm-hmm. That's where the, I think... The, well, they're comfortable with failure. They're comfortable with failure now and they're okay with it. So they just keep failing over and over again. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, you know, it just happens. They're addicted mm-hmm. to it. So we've kind of reversed a little bit of the teachings that we've been taught all through school because school just rewards perfectionism. Mm-hmm. So we've reversed a little bit of that layer and being, it's okay to fail. But we need to go back to being just a student again and constantly learning. Mm-hmm. Great that you failed, but you still have to learn from it so you don't keep making the same mistake. Yeah. Well, and and what, and what word, is fail? Well, I was going to yeah. say, instead well, yeah. of the word fail, I feel like the word messy. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's okay to be a mess. Yes, mm-hmm. but it's okay to be a mess, but it's also okay to, like, eventually clean up that mess. Exactly. Rather exactly. than, hey, look. I walked down the same street, and I can use this for example because I remember picking on cocoa with it. Mm-hmm. We would go to a drive-through, and there's a pothole in the drive-through. Mm-hmm. It was there for a fucking year. Mm-hmm. Every single time we pulled through there, she hit that fucking pothole. <laughs> when you worked at Battery Doctor. When I worked at Battery yeah. Doctor, we'd go for coffee before I went to work. She'd fucking drive in there, <laughs> boom. And every day he brought and it she, up, and she'd be like. I know you're just going to bring it up. I'd be like, if you know, why do you keep hitting it then? Right? Mm-hmm. And really, all it is is just a slight turn. I'm aware that's what's going to make me messy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take a slight little veer to the left or to the right and go past and be like, okay, cool. Done. And what is mess? Mess is rewiring the way you've always done it. Yeah. Right? And I want to. And being messy is also being able to go, like, hey, it's okay to be messy because I can also get clean again. I can exactly. also have that shower that light tool yeah and start fresh well and the whole messy thing i love so much because it's like what what everybody craves so much is the stability we have in light Mm -hmm. okay is our messiness might happen for one minute Mm -hmm. you know or alexia falling in the treatment room yesterday (laughs) you know coco being a fucking fucked up mess last night and scott's (laughs) like 
get in your bed. I'll put the charger in. Like I was messy for a hot minute. Then I lay down. I'm like, oh, I feel great. But that's because I'm so stabilized and have done so much work mm-hmm. with that previously. Feeling fucky last night would have sent days, out of, days out of me. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of want to share a story that happened this week. And it's really, really great. And if this person deserves a shout out, I don't even know why I'm getting emotional about it. Because it's such a big example of this whole entire podcast okay so we have archana in the community and she comes from thick thick lineage and obviously you guys if you're in our world you've met her and she's someone who really really um got wrapped up in the concept Mm -hmm. the external checklist Mm -hmm. you know and god bless her (laughs) and i know she's laughing with me i was like come the fuck on hitting my head because she thought keyword The whole red shirt example Mm -hmm. that Scott was talking about that, okay, yeah, if I wear a pink shirt, da, 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 all this stuff, then that and doing it, Mm -hmm. then I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm fucking a light. I'm all this stuff. Okay. So she has had a year of just massive growth, you know, Coco giving it to her, all the things to get to this week where I did what I call an embodiment session. And I'm starting to do these now where I took her to the mall. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the night before I downloaded kind of a mini um, higher self um, thing about her colors, all the things, her new higher self name, her aesthetic, her aesthetic, and God did it hit. Mm-hmm. And it was so amazing because when we started human and then we kind of go in, it's like our journey does change. Okay, so now it's a big extreme from where she for her first thing to now. So we arrive at the mall, Alexia was with me, and we stand out, I'm taking her to Old Navy, because she has a curvy body like me, and I'm like, let's go to Old Navy. First of all, she's never even been probably to Old Navy, <laughs> didn't even know where it was, and right away, that external stigma, mm-hmm. when I told the her checklist. that we were going to Old Navy, she was like, really? And this is very important to wrap this all up really came from that checklist of light that thinks that you have to spend money at certain places Mm -hmm. to create an embodiment Mm -hmm. right yeah so if you buy from certain stores if you shop at certain stores if you wear certain things then you're embodying the light of you because inherently you feel the luxury right the luxury of new earth and who we are when we're in that embodiment but that comes from the inside Mm -hmm. the checklist makes it come from the outside yeah so for example shopping at Old Navy would rock that checklist because it's the opposite of what your ego tells you it needs to be. The ego is telling you you need to be at Holt Renfrew or you need to be on Revolve or you need to be on all these high-end places, Louis Vuitton, whatever, which... For the ego, sure, that serves a purpose. But if you want to work on the embodiment of the light, it starts inside of you. Yes. So I took her to Old Navy and we stand outside and I say to her, we're going to go through the store and I want you, now that you've read that information last night, to go through and pick pieces and I'll meet you in the fitting room. What you feel is Diamond. Mm-hmm. That's her, her name, Diamond. And I said, and then I'm going to go pull. Okay, so I don't know. Our poll was maybe 15, 20 minutes and me and Alexia walk all the way around. We get all the things. I know exactly what I'm seeing, get all the things. And then there's this one piece on the clearance racks. And it was a pink jumper and I was portaling and I said, pull that, bring that in, bring that in. Okay. 
So we come in. She has like five pieces. We put her in the fitting rooms. You can tell she's like, ping, ping, fuck, this is a lot, da, da, da. And I keep one fucking piece from what she chose because the rest was old, okay? And she's like, what? One piece? I'm like, yes, one piece. So we must have sat there for an hour, Mm -hmm. piece by piece, watching her. And it was unreal to see as we progressed all of the sudden, all of it, she's feeling unreal. She's clicking. The embodiment starts sinking in. The body starts sinking in, all this. Then we make her put on the jumpsuit. Well, holy shit. Everything she, changed. Everything. She's like, oh my God, this is a lot. This is, this is so not what I did. Da, 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 all the things, okay? Mm-hmm. So then we leave her and we move on to the next store. And we're walking and Alexia's like, that is fucking unreal how you operate because you portaled the fucking jumpsuit and everything after that changed. changed. Diamond came on grid. We go to the next door, Torrid. We go to Aritzia. She's Boom. just moving up and up and up and up and up in the embodiment. And the, I must have said, you know, 10 fucking times to Alexia and straight to Arch. And I said, you can tell you've done the motherfucking work mm-hmm. because as the day went on, not once, if she felt anything, she took a moment. She, she didn't she fight. T- she didn't fight. She talked about mm-hmm. it. She expressed her feelings of like, holy shit. A lot of the language was like, what the fuck have I been doing? Holy shit. Like, what the fuck have I been doing? And it goes back to how we started this podcast when Scott said the shirt because she finally fucking got it. Mm-hmm. And we had a coffee break and she's sitting across from, from us and I was sharing my experience and she's looked at my old account my account that I have of my journey and she's like now I finally fucking get it Mm -hmm. she's like I didn't for the longest time but holy shit and I just feel that this is such a great fucking example of someone who was deep in the external checklist Mm -hmm. and egoic and concept and trying to be what she thought this state of being was Mm -hmm. and to actually watch her glow and see her feel comfortable and beautiful and fucking and herself yes like it makes me so emotional because i know that journey because i'm three years into it and it's unbelievable and it's unbelievable i feel like you should share the clarity that she gave you when she was trying on the clothes. Yes, so this is also, it was, as much as I'm a mentor, I was sitting in Old Navy and and my body is so fucking expanded from, you know, doing this grid work and birthing out everything and it's been such a layer for me to embrace like a belly that I've never had or my boobs being really big and God knows Scott's, you know, always pointing out to me how I stab myself and I do. And as I'm watching her, she comes out And she's like, you know, my stomach or whatever. And I couldn't see it, you guys. I couldn't see what she was talking about. And in that moment, I was like, wow, Coco, take your fucking own words. Because I sit here and fucking pick my stomach apart and pick my embodiment apart when I don't, I didn't see it in her. Mm -hmm. I couldn't fucking see it. Mm -hmm. I was trying to fucking see what she was seeing and I couldn't fucking see it. And I said to her at coffee, I said, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for showing that in myself where it's like every, I hear Scott and Alexia all day long being like, you look beautiful. You can't see what you're talking about. But Alexia, or sorry, Archana really showed me myself. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of this work. As a mentor, I fucking grew that day. Mm-hmm. You know, you grew that day. Yeah. Like we're really emotional about it because this is somebody who just came from that deep, 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 lineage. dark lineage cage being controlled to finally fucking getting it and for her- and seeing you and seeing us and thinking that it came from some fucking luxury 
outside thing. Outside thing. Mm -hmm. But the reason why people feel us is because it is that embodiment. It is going to Old Navy and I got a fucking onesie for $30. Well, and it doesn't matter where the clothing's coming from. It's how it makes you feel. Exactly. And And it's the frequency of you which creates the embodiment. That elevates it. Yes. And Archana was so amazing. And I want to give her a shout out too because she had said when we were trying on clothes, she's like, wow the breadcrumbs that I was living in. And then she would put on her outfit. She came in and she's like, I don't feel like myself because what she wore to the mall was the checklist. Yes. Right. And then she would put on her amazing, vibrant clothes and and feel unreal. And then back into the checklist. So it was great experience for her because she got to feel herself and then go back to what she thought she was. Yes. And then when we sat at coffee, she's like walking from old Navy to coffee. I can feel it. Mm -hmm. And I know me and Scott talk about that a lot. Like you can tell right away when, when Scott is being Scott, not Skylar, Mm -hmm. because he fucking right away goes to that dun 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 clothing outfit. And you can just feel it, Mm -hmm. you know, and even you on your journey lately with your breadcrumbs. Yeah. So it's like that really, really is that, that big leap in embodiment when Mm -hmm. we start to do the external matching the internal. And I feel like everyone to some capacity, when you move from the external to internal, it's accepting that you no longer are a breadcrumb. You're a fucking loaf. Yeah. And that's hard for people because people will have this whole fucking spin that they can't do it or lack or whatever the things it is. But even watching someone like Jackson, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, limited funds, Mm -hmm. doesn't have a lot of external abundance, but like he felt the pull to get his hair braided, you know, and he has the braids in his hair. Mm -hmm. And it's like he went with the money that he did have and went and bought those colorful clothings instead of just sitting there in breadcrumbs being like, I can't afford it, but knew that he needed to get some summer clothes and it's bright, Mm -hmm. you know, and watching even Kaylin, his partner do the same thing Mm -hmm. is that embodiment piece waiting until you can find it instead of buying it for that external getting out of breadcrumbs. Exactly. From the embodiment piece, not the external. Exactly. And you've talked about it too, you know, waiting until you could find those pieces and not buying anything unless it's exactly what the internal inside not feels whole like. Filling. Exactly. Because it's easy to buy clothing outside of you that's not a hell yes, just to make yourself feel better, to mm-hmm. control the narrative, mm-hmm. to get yourself out of that breadcrumb that mm-hmm. you see yourself as, well, right? It's a band-aid. Yes. And then when you actually wait like Scott does, where you're like, okay, hey, I'm waiting to find that European piece that's so Skylar, mm-hmm. right? And then when you get it, it's like, boom, mm-hmm. because it inherently is an alignment for you. Well, and it changes you. Like you, the reason why I'm so emotional even talking about this is because and I talked about this on the podcast before but for me as a mentor I sit across you guys in the depths of the depths like I see you guys with that black grids with that little shiny bit of light and I see that quote-unquote meat suit that looks how it does in the future Mm -hmm. so when I start to see the alignment it it's everything to me Mm -hmm. because I'm like you're fucking doing it but just unreal unreal but it was an unreal week so much is happening And I just feel that to end the podcast with this is so perfect because this is what embodiment means. Mm -hmm. And it comes from the frequency that in which we hold and you could wear a fucking garbage bag. I could wear, yeah, I could put a garbage bag on with some fucking hoops and people would be like, Coco, that's so Coco. You know, Scott would fucking be like, where do you find the shit? I put on the most extreme sunglasses the other day. I could put those on with the fucking garbage bag and you couldn't even deny that it's me because you feel it. Mm -hmm. Okay. You feel it. So here we are. 
Where are you not embodying? What can you do to get out of this fucking checklist? What can you do to fucking move fucking full steam ahead, you guys? Full steam ahead into this new. Majority of you guys are there. Majority of you guys are stabilized there, which means you're moving into the fucking, the new. And if it feels hard, ask yourself, what action aren't you taking? Yeah, hard, you you brought this up. Mm-hmm. It's like hard, if it's hard, there's something going on here. Light work has always been easy. Yes. The amount of times where things have literally just fallen into people's laps, mm-hmm. into our laps, mm-hmm. that, you know, we weren't necessarily, maybe we were expecting, but we're just like backburnering it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's light work. Light work is uncomfortable, but it's never hard. It, yeah, yeah. And if it's hard, then you got to get raw and real with yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, come to me as your mentor and like be open and honest and be like, this fucking feels hard. Why? Mm-hmm. You know, because it, the only word that, that light work is, is uncomfortable, you know, uncomfortable. And when you face that, that uncomfortability, um, you move into the imagery of the grids. And that's why human beings, like all the humans don't want to change because they have been, um, programmed to be addicted and to love the result of being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like they're just the, the, the feeling that uncomfortable brings them they avoid because then that allows them to sit in the pain Mm -hmm. okay that's the better word it's like they get right to uncomfortable and then they back away and then they sit in a whole fucking pain pool pain pool pain pool pool, and that feeds them but if they just went into the uncomfortableness they start to break the pain pool so lots is happening but i'm going to leave that there and before i go how about those helicopters are we still really, really seeing them? Because, man, they're not as loud, but really notice the sneakiness of the helicopters as we're hitting the second half of June. 